Well, I'm not a crook. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I have a dream. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. It transcends the senses. This is Murder of Grey. Hello, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And this is the Murder of Grey podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another wonderful episode of the Murder of Grey podcast. And this week, we are going to be discussing a very interesting concept that everybody in the world follows to some extent. I'm sure you've heard of follow your gut, right? This is a very commonplace idea um, where it plays on human intuition. And human intuition sometimes feels like the right way to go but it might not be actually the right thing to follow right like we need to actually pay attention to the facts really dive into situations to get the best results and just to educate ourselves on the problem at hand but with the way that social media is now written, uh, how we process information and how quickly information is fed to us and changed, I really feel that our intuition has become warped uh, in these new coming days. And there's some really interesting, I would say, ideals uh, based on intuition when it comes to like CEOs of company, upper management, things like that where they really play on this idea of having a strong intuition. But we will go into that a little bit later in the episode itself. So to start out, I would say maybe we can try and, without really looking it up, define intuition itself, right? And maybe a modern definition of it. Like, what is intuition to you? Mm. To me, it's... I feel like trust in your gut is just one kind of thing about it. I feel like there's definitely a little bit more to it. Obviously, like everything kind of leads all back around, but I was always kind of brought up to, you know, think that way, right? Like trust your gut feeling. Don't really think about anything else. Oddly enough, I feel like I don't really know where that came from, but for me, it's it's that feeling of recognizing the situation either as a pattern from before or maybe something you've thought of in your mind before and then you react to what you thought before mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah um i i'm a person that gets a lot of deja vu and or not all the time i mean I, it's like you know every once in a while i get it but it's weird because that's really the only time I use a gut feeling anymore, I feel like. But at the same time, when a deja vu happens, it like happens so fast that it's not like I would have changed anything from what I remember. Mm. What about you? 
I feel like it's a part of the fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. So as human beings, we have a lot of natural, like quick occurring synapses in our brain, right? And fight or flight is definitely one of those where we try and recognize something and react to it accordingly, right? But we are kind of diving into our own personal uh, experiences, you know, whether that's cultural uh, bring or bring up, um, environmental bring up, you know, those kind of things to basically react to a situation quickly and efficiently. Um, and with intuition, I feel like it's it's very interesting in that in that manner because it doesn't necessarily mean that it is a bad or harmful situation. But yet we are firing off on all the same cylinders as if we are in a dangerous situation, right? Uh, we are looking for a quick answer that is going to solve a problem. And I don't know, like, I feel like intuition is so flawed at the same time because we're pulling from our experiences. Yeah, sure, there's going to be times in which, oh, yeah, my intuition was right. I was right about that person or I was right about the business plan that I was writing. You know, those kind of things do come up. But I think that's just good luck, <laughs> right? Like, like you just happen to be correct this time, but it doesn't mean you're going to be correct the next time it comes up. And I think that's where something that you just said really comes into play, and that is pattern recognition. So as humans, we love patterns. We want to see patterns in everything that we are looking at, no matter what. And that is one of the biggest flaws of intuition, um, not just according to me, but according to some people as well. Um, actually, the Harvard Business Review wrote a very extensive article uh, called Don't Trust Your Gut, where they speak about this character flaw that we have of pattern recognition, where no matter what we're looking at, no matter what type of data we're looking at, we are always looking for a pattern within that. Even if there isn't one to be found, we will come up with something to, you know, try and make sense of the chaos itself. And I think that leads to really bad decision making. Because a lot of times, especially with like upper management positions, they will say that they don't look at all the data, they just trust their gut. And that is what makes them a brilliant upper management individual, right? And we see a lot of issues with that popping up. And especially recently, too, in the media, you know, with things like the dropout and stuff like that, like those shows, where they're showing CEOs who are not paying attention to the data whatsoever, they're just trusting their gut and going off of their pure instincts. And it is not going well, because sometimes it could lead to some really dangerous decisions being made, and people's lives being put at risk. For instance, with uh, Theranos, that company, they, they put a lot of lives at risk because they were trusting the intuition of, you know, of their CEO. It's, it's just not, it's not smart. So Thinking about the this chaos idea, right? How we want to put everything into clean buckets. Imagine you have a coin and you flip the coin and three times it lands on heads. Your intuition is going to naturally say, I'm going to pick heads again because it's already done it three times. When in reality, no matter what, no matter what the results were before, it, it will always be a 50% chance. No matter what we, we want to say how we want to word it, what we're looking at, it's always going to be 50%. But our minds want to 
bring order to the chaos around us and trying to eliminate random chance. And since we saw a pattern, we're going to follow that pattern, right? So it's it's kind of crazy to think about that, right? It's 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 kind of sad too whenever you think uh, when we start really like diving into some of the companies that are out there, and some of these companies are really really well known companies, and they have some very strange uh, ideals when it comes to this, and I think it's very problematic in the way that they think. So. I think you kind of hit it right, kind of like pretty early in what you were saying with you know it's for that quick response. Right. Mm -hmm. We're in a day and age where we want to have the quick answer to everything. And when, say, a CEO, you know, they, to an extent, you're running a company. You, if there's something that you've done in the past, right? And you get that gut feeling of something like that happening again, of course, you're going to go back to that gut feeling that you had because you're like, oh, this worked before. It'll be fine. You know, you don't want to think about all the data, all the possibilities out there. If you thought of something different, right? It's mm -hmm. like, oh, I've done this before. I'll do it again. And to me, like, like I said before, I was always someone that felt like intuition was more important than, you know, I guess you could say the data. And nowadays I feel totally different about this. Like I'm a person that rather sit back think about something and try to do a better answer because i've i mean not only seen it with other people but myself like i've been wrong with my gut feeling and it has you know been a negative response yeah and it's like you said it is scary how many people like not just you know ceos but even like in politics and stuff like resorting to trusting their gut which you know sometimes it does work but at the same time, you're just spinning the same wheel over and over. And I think a lot, I don't want to get too political with this, but I feel like when you look at politics, a lot of these people in power just trust their gut. And that's why a lot of times we only, we don't really see anything like super new change or happen because people just want to play it safe. And they just want to like trust what they know yeah. without like sitting there thinking and hashing it out and like being bold, you know? Right. Cause the bold decision has too many unknowns, right? Yep. So they're too afraid to actually go forward with that, which I guess could be kind of a counter argument for following your gut, right? Like maybe their gut instinct is that change needs to happen, but based off of the patterns that they see in front of them, change isn't going to lead to anything or it's going to be too much of a hassle, ruffle too many feathers. So they're now too afraid to press forward with it. So they're going off of their basic instinct of survival and just making the safe decision. And then that's how we become stagnant. That's how we don't get change in this world. Right. So it's it's mm -hmm. kind of interesting to see that. And, you know, a lot of people in these positions look at intuition as a, you know, quote unquote, superhuman power. Right. Like having a good gut means that you are above other people. You can make decisions better. You can lead people better, supposedly. Right. And to a certain extent, I guess you could say, yes, that is kind of true. 
right? In a, mm -hmm. you know, in a quick response time era, like you need to ha or have a good gut in order to make decisions quickly um, and effectively, but it doesn't mean that it is the correct decision to make at that time. And actually, there's a very interesting quote from Ralph Larson, who is the CEO of Johnson & Johnson. And it is uh, very often people will do a brilliant job up through middle management uh, levels, where it is very heavily quantitative in terms of decision making. But then they reach senior management where the problems get more complex and ambiguous. And we discover that their judgment or intuition is not what it should be. So basically what he's saying there in a nutshell is that anybody can run numbers. Anybody can look at data. Anybody can make decisions based off of data. But in order to be a really good CEO, you need to basically only <laughs> make assumptions. You need to be able to trust your gut so much that the data doesn't have any uh, direct effect, right, or any importance in your decision making. And they're saying that that once you reach that level where you're no longer focusing on the quantitative data and more of the qualitative data that you that like you can tell if someone actually is going to be a good leader in their mindset where i have a pretty big issue with that I, coming from a manager side point or perspective is that you know a lot of people think that a good manager is a good leader but that's not the true at all. Those two things are so separate that you need to, in order to be a good leader, you need to pay attention to the quantitative side as well as the qualitative, because you're focusing not just on the numbers, but how people respond to those numbers as well. And I think that's where the politics sides come into it too, right? We're mm -hmm. looking for leaders, not managers when it comes to politics. But the CEOs and these upper management people are considering themselves leaders and no longer managers. But without those middle managers being so focused on the quantitative and making sure that things are running smoothly, then the upper managers would no longer have jobs, right? So, like, really, the Ralph Larson, what he did here in his quote is he created a, uh, I guess, like a separation of class within a business setting, which I think is ridiculous, and and trying to, I guess. Um, justify the high salaries that they get because their intuition is just better than anybody else right and i i think that's a really that's such a messed up way of looking at things because they need to really pay attention like the the true superhumans in that aspect are the middle management people they're the ones that make sure the company runs on a day-to-day -day basis because mm -hmm. they're crunching the numbers, because they're not solely relying on their intuition to make decisions, right? And then that we see this all the time when policies get dropped down from companies that make no sense whatsoever for the business plan that they currently have in place, just because they felt, oh, this makes sense right now, or this is a quick fix for a problem, so we're going to run this and make it now company policy. Well, I can tell you this, a lot of companies that whenever like those big policies get dropped down, and if there's any CEOs listening, you should probably pay attention to this. A lot of those policies, if they don't work in the current workplace, right, or like on a business level, because every store or location is going to be different and have its own needs, well, they're not going to follow those policies 100%. 
they're going to find workarounds. They're going to stay kind of within the lines a little bit, but they're going to do what works best for their area. And a perfect example, I would say, is where we used to work together, right? A lot of policies yep. that were put in place did not work for our location due to the size, the staff, all that stuff. So we had to kind of make things up on the fly and act on our own specific intuitions while staying in line and making sure that the quantitative data isn't being impacted by the decisions that we made. So I think that it, we like intuition is great for quick responses. But when it comes to longevity of a company, we really need to pay attention to the data. Like you cannot forget that. And that's where intuition is incredibly flawed in that sense. I agree. It's dangerous, you know, because I mean, it, it affects a lot more than just, you know, the moment, because I feel like a lot of times that's all it's about is the moment. Mm -hmm. For me, you know, something I thought about intuition kind of goes off of what you were saying as well, but a big part of it is also prediction, right? And I feel like a lot of people going back to patterns with that, it also creates kind of like a blindfold, mm -hmm. I guess. So many people are so, um, Sorry, the dog barking outside. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but it's super loud. And it's just uh, <laughs> I've been trying to mute it this whole time, and I'm like, damn, now he's actually acting up. Nah, he's um, he's chiping in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In. <laughs> it's his intuition. He knows we're talking about it. <laughs> um, but that's something that I feel like it's weird. But I know a lot of people that like think they can predict a lot of things like that are going to happen, mm -hmm. like you know, even in their work, like they see a pattern, they predict it's going to happen. And like, oh my God, if it actually does happen, you know, they're going, they're going to fully believe it, mm -hmm. you know? And I think it's a dangerous pattern, right? Like it's, <sighs> I had something totally planned for this too, but I feel like trying to trust your intuition when it affects a lot of people around you like how you were saying like running a business it's you have to be it, there's a certain place right if it's something that's gonna affect the lives of others like through money or jobs it's scary mm -hmm. you know like if it's something that's like oh i need to trust my intuition this person's gonna if they're going to steal this thing from a store, like then that's totally fine, you know, but like when it's actually like life changing for more than just the immediate party, it's kind of freaky. Yeah. Totally agree with that. And it's, man, it's just kind of ridiculous. And it, it goes back to our upbringing, right? And mm -hmm. actually, so there's another, the founder of the Boston Consulting Group, uh, Bruce Henderson, he, I think he said it best whenever he spoke about intuition and our gut itself. And this is going to lead into my next aspect of this. But in 1977, um, he called intuition the subconscious integration of all the experiences, conditioning, and knowledge of a lifetime, including the cultural and emotion biases of that lifetime. So if you think about it, right, in a, in a sense where you're dealing with people, 
right, which most businesses are. We have employees and customers and things like that. We're trying to make decisions off of that, right? Um, trying to read people and understand their needs at any given moment. But if every single person in the world is thinking based on their intuition, their intuition will never, ever match up with your intuition, right? There's always going to be some sort of difference. There's a lot of chaos in that machine. So you're never going to actually be able to figure that stuff out. And that's where a lot of the danger of this stuff comes into play. And what I found really interesting is that even Isaac Newton had a very interesting quote about intuition and um, recognizing patterns and organizing chaos when it comes to people. So after he lost his savings in the South Sea bubble of 1720, uh, he actually said this, and I, uh, I love this quote, I can calculate the motions of the heavenly bodies, but not the madness of people. And it, I love that because if you think about it, like if we just look at just straight data, we can calculate where the data is going to go. We can find trends. We can, you know, speculate a year fiscal plan, things like that, right? But whenever you start throwing a human element into it, then all of those calculations, all those speculations go straight out the window. And if you're just running it based off your pure intuition, you're going to run into a lot of issues. But we need to make sure, like, really, you know, just really hammering on this point, but like paying attention to the data is going to give us a much better standing and trying to mix those two things up together. Uh, the quantitative and qualitative is where we need to really live. And think about this, like with, when COVID happened, right? Look at all the businesses that had, uh, that were running just fine, right? They were, mm -hmm. they were making money, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and now we have millions of unknowns are we actually going to get the product that we're ordering? What's going to happen? And then that impacted the way people purchased items as well, whether it was in mass or in scarcity, right? Like we, mm -hmm. we could not predict that aspect at all. So the businesses that actually, you know, really paid attention to those models and put in the buffers that are necessary for loss, because a lot of businesses should plan for loss. It's a smart thing to do. Uh, they were able to kind of survive through these aspects. But whenever you have a business that's run by someone who is purely looking at the, uh, or just speculative data, right? Just like, mm -hmm. okay, for, you know, think about the restaurants. I would imagine that a lot of those businesses are running off speculation, that, oh, to next week's going to be the same, you know, Saturday's going to be perfect, we're busy, we're going to make a lot of money, all this stuff. But then now they don't have that buffer in place because you cannot predict the madness of people, like Sir Isaac Newton put it so brilliantly. And it's just, it, it's crazy to see how many businesses went out of, or how many businesses went out of business, right? <laughs> because of those uh, gut reactions to how to properly handle their money. And it's, yeah. I don't know. It's pretty crazy. I love that quote. <laughs> I really do. I, I've been thinking about this and this is kind of going a different route with it. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, everyone nowadays always talks about vibes, right? Like good vibes, bad vibes, whatever the, whatever the dumb term is, but vibes are an intuition as well. Mm -hmm. And, but I feel like, Whereas, you know, predicting and gut feeling is more of like a 
idea, especially like in a business realm, vibes is more like, you know, your everyday feeling, right? Say you go into a store and, you know, it has happy vibes in there, right? Or something has bad vibes, like where in the intuition, like, you know, it makes sense. Like we've got feelings kind of what we get, but like what really creates like those vibes? Is it like sympathy? Is it, you know, is it, I've been like thinking about this this whole time. I'm like, I understand it's like a form of intuition mm-hmm. because it is a gut feeling to an extent about, you know, the situation you're in, but like how I'm just, guess I'm just like wondering how it's like formed, I guess. Yeah. Vibes are really interesting whenever you start thinking about it because a vibe is more of a, it is a sense of intuition, right? But it mm-hmm. is an intuition about a person or place rather than a situation, right? And I yeah. think that's the big difference between it. And we get vibes all the time, right? You walk past mm-hmm. somebody on the street and maybe that person, like, I think it comes from the pattern recognition as well, too, right? Um, they they might look like someone that they've seen cause issues in the past. So, or maybe it's triggered by some, some sense of trauma that you had in the past as, or something like that, right? That mm-hmm. is going to affect the way that you look and react to people or at people um, or places or things like that, right? And maybe to like take it away from the person element, but... Maybe let's say as a kid, you were terrified or like you got lost in the woods and you were terrified by them, right? Every time you go past the woods after that point, you're going to get bad vibes from that area, right? Like you're going to get the heebie-jeebies. You're going to want to go away. You're going to want to flee that situation because you have something negative tied to that. And that totally makes sense, right? And it goes into our conversation on irrational fear from last week where a lot of those fears and ideas play off of our past experiences, just like intuition does, just like vibe checks do, right? Like it, it all comes from that, that core part of our brain and our subconscious. So I, I don't know. It's, it's vibe check is really interesting because we, we do it every day, even if we don't know that we're doing it. Right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like, we're, we're really judgy people. <laughs> like as a human race, we are judgmental as hell. And it, it is unfortunate, you know, like we don't want to judge people, but your natural instinct is to do that, whether it's based off of looks, right? Like think about when you're looking for a significant other, right? Probably the first thing that you're going to look at is how the person presents themselves or if you're physically mm-hmm. attracted to them, right? Like that's going to be a big, component of it and of course now we have shows that are trying to break that stigma that we have right love is blind and all that stuff Mm, right and it's it's playing off of that sense of intuition where your instant reaction is to go off of appearance first and then find out if the person is someone that you can get along with in the long run so it's kind of funny that even intuition has crept its way into our relationship statuses and what we're looking for in a partner and it's 
it, yeah, it, I mean, it plays into how you react to situations within the relationship too, right? Maybe you were burned in the past and it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It could be a friendly rela relationship, right? What if in like 10 years ago, you lent someone money and that friend didn't give you the money back, right? Now, let's say 10 years later, a new friend is asking for money. Your instant reaction is to think back to that one time that happened 10 years ago with someone completely different who might not have been trustworthy, but, you know, you trusted them as a friend. Uh, and this yeah. new person that's asking you for help is completely different. You don't know what's going to happen, but because of your past experiences, you're probably less likely to actually lend them the money. Mm -hmm. So it's... It's, yeah, intuition is a sticky thing because it's it, it plays into the survival of the fittest, right? It plays yeah. into our need to continue as a human being. We want to continue living. And it's funny because now that instead of, I guess in the past, like death would have been a more commonplace uh, effect from situations like that. Mm -hmm. But now it's really just like disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> and the it's funny that like if you kind of think about it we're we still put disappointment and the extreme of death in the same bucket when it comes to decision making with things like that right because like what's more what's worse than getting disappointed or being burned by somebody that you trust right it's kind mm -hmm. of it feels like on the same level somehow but and maybe that's because our like we don't have to worry about someone just coming up and stabbing us, you know, on a day to day well, basis, right? Like it's just another thing too is like think about how most people nowadays are on social media, something like that, like disappointment or you know looking, I'd say looking like they failed, but not being your one hundred, I guess you could say, and it's just no one like people look at disappointment. And being that, you know, not perfect look all the time, depending, even if you're going on a totally different way, I'm not going like, you know, the perfect influencers and stuff, even if like you have a, a personality and you, you know, mess up at one moment and then you feel like you, you know, are not perfect anymore. It's like that disappointment almost nowadays is for a lot of people as serious as almost well, dying almost, mm -hmm. you know, or like. It's weird how that's become such a big thing. And I mean, definitely social media has a big hand in that because it's easy for everyone to hate you. Yeah. Right? And for some people, that happening to them is pretty much as bad as death. Yeah. Being forgotten is just as bad as death for most people. Yep. And that's, that's where we get a lot of these influencers and, you know, like that's... That's every their their reputation is everything to them, and once it gets tarnished, then there goes their livelihood, right? And actually, that's a that's a really interesting point because we are so dependent on our reputation nowadays that that is the driving force to most decisions being made, and it's it's yeah, it's kind of funny to think that death is now reputation. <laughs> Like it's on that same level that we're we're discussing these things. I mean, it, it really is. Like I I look back at like maybe older movies and stuff, right? And they always kind of predicted like 
the future like oh like people will be more connected and stuff and it's true but it's like thinking about it right now we are mostly connected but we're not all fully connected right there's a lot of people out there that shy away from technology what if 10 years from now we really are all connected and like disappointment and all this kind of stuff is amplified Mm -hmm. like I don't know. It's always, I know this is kind of like a getting sidetracked here, but it's like, it's just something that it's going to be really interesting when the time comes to that. And I feel like sometimes we're already there, but it's not as detrimental as like you would think it would be, you know, like, I don't know. It's like really hard to like verbalize this because I'm picturing like a movie in my head and I'm like, no, that's not really what I want either. But disappointment scary mm-hmm. i'll just put it like that <laughs> very true, <laughs> very true. Uh, actually there's one more point that i wanted to kind of touch on here and it's a concept that i find very interesting that i found it's called artificial evolution and mm-hmm. so this is a direct quote from this article as well so the best system ever desi- devised for making choices from an almost infinite set of alternatives is evolution itself Right. So whenever you really break it down, like evolution is the like the best way to make choices 100 percent. Right. Like we that's how we have survived and thrived throughout the ages. But yet we are going against our evolutionary, I guess, uh, brains <laughs> until for lack of better words here uh, to make these decisions that we have. And a lot of places now are creating this idea of artificial evolution, or if you think about it, AI, right? We're taking the decisions out of our own hands and implanting it into AI to then make the choices for us because they can quantify random sets of data much quicker than we actually can. But there's a lot of issues with that as well when it comes to AI. Um, One of the biggest issues that I would say is the human element of the person who created that technology, right? So in a lot of businesses, what they'll do is they see a really good formula and then they want to implant it into their own business plan, how they're making things work. Well, a lot of times the, the tech that is being used is generated from an outside company that might not share the same ideals of the company that is using them. So now we get a lot of mixed messages within that company itself or within the or whatever's using that tech, right? And so that's something that we need to be really careful of. And sure, the AI can become uh, like, I guess, cognizant to ascent uh, as far as like learning based on what we want. Um, it actually like there's a really good example of this with uh, scheduling software. Scheduling software nowadays runs off of trends of business. And then it will actually tell the schedule writer when they need the most coverage and or less coverage, right? And it's all based off of, you know, customer count, things like that, uh, flow of business, when we're the busiest or, you know, just when there's the most customers within our doors. And that's how we base our scheduling off of. And it learns based off your business trends. So at first it might be 
quote unquote, dumb, right? <laughs> and you kind of have to implant those numbers yourself. But over time, it's going to get better and better at that process, according to the companies that make that tech. Now, is that 100% true? No, because we cannot anticipate uh, 100% when people are going to want to purchase things, right? When it comes to special events or, uh, you know, global situations, right? Like we cannot predict those. So we have to still leave in the human element at least to make adjustments to those things and that's where intuition comes into play and that's where a lot of trust in people's intuition comes into play where i it's kind of hard to say like you can't be completely you know anti intuition when it comes to business standpoints like you need to have a good sense of intuition in order to make decisions quickly <laughs> based off of that right so it, mm -hmm. it's it's kind of tough like i know it's kind of going against a lot of the things that we've been talking about but like having a good sense of intuition does make sense to a certain uh to a certain extent um when it comes to just life in general whether it's scheduling appropriately whether it's just you know walking down the street or what we're doing right like it, on a day-to-day -day basis we need to have a good sense of intuition but what makes a good sense of intuition what drives us to make the decisions necessary and i think with that comes education educating yourself properly is what's going to lead you to have a better intuition right in like introducing multiple different situations to have in our back burners right to then use as uh, reference points to make decisions and a lot of people aren't willing to do the research on things in order to have a strong intuition about how things may go or how to help predict situations right so there's a lot of people who aren't willing to look at both sides of an argument in order to make the right educated decision in the future you know so it, i i think that's where a lot of people run into where they're stubborn they're only going to look at one side they're not going to look at both to then make an educated argument in the future so i think that's that's kind of i don't know it's it's tough to really like put it into words i'm I think so with the power of AI. I mean, think about it. It's all those people that kind of run on data and not intuition, like to an extent they could be replaced, right? Mm -hmm. In the future. And like you said, this is kind of going back on what we said, but 20 years from now, when AI can do all the computing power of most of what we do, like, or the assumed, that can, or we assume, yeah, yeah, but will AI really have an intuition? Is that is that going to be the only thing that really sets us apart from the machine? When you think about it, like if they're able to form an intuition, I mean, also wouldn't that make them sentient at that point? Yeah, yeah. Or because it's a pattern, they could develop it as well easily. Well, I guess it would be like presumed or. Yeah, like presumed intuition, right? Like maybe the development of AI is going to give the people who run purely on intuition, like um, Ralph Larson from Johnson Johnson, who says that, you know, intuition is a superpower. 
uh, that's going to give him the data necessary to make those decisions quickly, right? So that he doesn't have to sit there and crunch the numbers. But he's still relying on those, quote unquote, inferior human beings and middle management to make sure the data is correct so that they can quickly analyze it with their AI to make an educated decision, right? Right. So it's... I. I still really disagree with how Ralph Larson put it, but it's he has some sort of, uh, I guess, justification there where intuition is going to play a part in decision making because you can't get you can't get locked down as well. Right. I think that's an issue as well with decision paralysis where we we have too many choices in front of us and some people just don't know how to make a decision and run with it. Mm-hmm. And that's another issue as well, like a completely another rabbit hole to kind of go down. But I think that's where intuition will come into play and help us get out of that that hole we just dug with that decision paralysis. But I, I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird, weird situation there. I'm thinking how decision paralysis affects me on the daily basis. Yeah. And it's making me very sad. <laughs> You're scrolling through Netflix or you're scrolling through something. You see too many options and you're just like, eh, I'm tired of searching. And you just stare at your black screen. No, it happens. That's my intuition. Happens all the time. I can never find what I want to watch. Oh, yeah. And that random button sucks. (laughs) Like, I I, like tried it out of nowhere and I was like, oh, this might be good. I can find something new because I like doing that with music. And it's like recommending me something that's like the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, you would think like it would kind of know based off of what you like and just gives you something random. But yeah. oh well. Yeah, say love you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed our little conversation into intuition. And uh, yeah, with that, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.